3: Yes, yes. Welcome in to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan with you. That's Action Jackson over there if you're watching. And we know you are. Right. Even though we're not on anywhere. <laughs> I'm excited about today's show. Me too. But you don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I guess you do. I do. Okay.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this story on the Ram settlement money just is absolutely titillating. It's too good to be true, because if I were to write a satirical piece, if I were to write a Larry Sanders show of what would happen, what would be a more current reference than my all-time favorite television show, the Larry Sanders show, that would be a satirical piece on what happened to the money that Stan Crockey peeled off to St. Louis?
2: Uh, maybe like The Office?
3: That's nice. That's yeah, more current. Probably
2: The Office. Started in Parks
3: 2004, though, so it's almost two decades old. Uh, Parks and
2: Rec would actually be, because it's city government.
3: Nice. Nice. So there's a story on KMOV.com about it. And I read it uh, this morning. And I have been since 6 a.m. trying to get the reporter, new reporter. Uh, she came from Little Rock Television as well. Uh, Susan Elcore, I believe is how you pronounce the name. And uh, she is going to join us at 1015. This story is unreal. Yeah,
2: it's seriously.
3: it's unreal. <laughs> It's just amazing. And I haven't seen it really talked about it because it just went up on KMOV last night. She's a new investigative reporter at KMOV. So she, we, Jackson just got the text back from her. Uh, blew off my email, but texted Jackson back right away. Uh, so she's going to be with us at 1015. Uh, you, you're going to want to stick around for this. For real. So, Jackson, you're not going anywhere. Uh, I don't plan on it. Thank you. Uh, and then at 1045, Dan McLaughlin with us. And I believe he is in uh, Jupe Town, baby. Jupetown Town, baby. We gets down, baby, for the crown baby. So I'm going to live vicariously through Dan, and he's going to taunt me, mm, yes. as it seems like many of my friends who are either down there right now or just vacationing with their families for spring break are doing, because I'm usually down there. And they're taunting me. So Dan will do that. Coming up at 10:45, we've got Blues and Flyers tonight, pregame here on 101 ESPN at 6 p.m. Jackson, what are you going to be watching tonight? Tournament,
2: which is once again, I think, a very fair, very fair to watch.
3: I don't think the second Thursday is as glamorous as the first Thursday. Now, for you as a basketball fan, I think it may be right for it's the Sweet 16. But for, I think, for the people who are just kind of the dopamine junkies right. of, let me fill out my bracket, see how I'm going to do, I think it's more the Thursday and Friday, yeah. and then maybe, if you're alive, the Saturday and Sunday, are people really like, oh, I can't wait to watch Miami Iowa State tomorrow night? Probably not. But you're excited about Gonzaga in saw.
2: Very excited about that. Very excited about Texas Tech and Duke. But I'm not like a jump around
3: And Texas Tech done. is a one and a half point favorite. They're really solid. You've end. been bullish on those Red Raiders before this tournament even started. Big time.
2: Now, what I will say is I don't like to jump around during games. If I find a game I like, I'm sticking on it. Like I'm the Blues making... and Flyers. Right, right. That's a hypothetical, but yeah, I, I if I find a game I'm gonna, um, into, I'm not going to leave it, even on the tournament. So this day, this Thursday, is actually better for me because the matchups are better.
3: So uh, that is coming up this evening, uh, but this story on the Rams. Well, it's not even on the Rams. It's on St. Louis City Government. I got I got I got to set it up so then when Susan joins us I can follow up. So this is uh this is what we got here. Uh from KMOV.com. and I need to tweet this out and then let people know that she's going to be on and then tweet out the uh, listen live like for 101 ESPN because this is this is just it's on I guess I shouldn't say it's unreal but it's it's not necessarily that the money hasn't been distributed, or it has not been decided what's going to be done, it's the quotes from the article that are just so bizarre that I had to get her on the show to provide some context. So she's a new investigative reporter at, at, at KMOV. Susan L. Corey is her name. She's going to be with us here in less than 10 minutes. Wednesday marks four months since Dan Kroenke signed the nearly $1 billion deal settling the Rams' relocation lawsuit. But what's happening with that money is a mystery. In 2016, the Rams left St. Louis for L.A. The next year, St. Louis City, County, and the Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority, RSA, sued the NFL and Kroenke over the move. In November, they reached a $790 million settlement. After lawyer fees, St. Louis is left with about $513 million. Since the settlement, city and county leaders in charge of the fund have been leaving taxpayers in the dark. From Sam Page, St. Louis County Executive. This is one of my favorite quotes. There's no rush on that right, right now. We're all really busy. <laughs> oh, boy. So here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I, like I said, water. nobody's watching. This is where I first right, throw my... Right. There it goes. He right really off the... Of hit right where I wanted to. It, was like a,
2: it had a little sink to
3: it. Yeah, no, I got movement on my bottles of water. <laughs> So, the gentleman who is the county executive said, and I quote, there's no rush on that right now. We're all really busy. That's what I would expect, like, the guy who's working with me on my putting to say, if I were to say, hey, do you have a minute? I three putt four times in my last round. (laughs) Well, there's no rush on that right now. We're all really busy. Oh, you're managing $513 million. What's the latest? Well, There's no rush on that right now. We're all really busy, (laughs) but we're not done. Page said the county has been focused on figuring out how to spend the 193 million dollars they were awarded in American Rescue Plan funding. According to the county, 85 million dollars has not been appropriated yet. The county, city, and RSA claim they're trying to decide how to split the RAM settlement money. That process has been going on for four months. Right now, the conversation is the proper way to divide the settlement, Page said. News4 investigates asked Page if he thought taxpayers should be involved in the conversation about who gets how much. "Quote the conversation and litigation generally." involves the plaintiffs. The conversation on how to spend the money from the litigation will involve communication with the citizens. Secrecy around the settlement, however, isn't new. A recent News 4 investigation exposed growing concern as some elected leaders said they shouldn't be shut out of talks, but have been. During an interview with News 4, St. Louis County Councilman Tim Fitch said he's been trying to get information about the settlement for months from Tim Fitch. Quote, I've received, I can't tell you how many emails and phone calls saying, what's going on with this money? Are they going to try and squirrel it away or use it on some special pet project, Fitch said. Fitch said he did not trust what was going on with the money. Absolutely not. There's no transparency whatsoever in how this is being discussed. Uh, There wasn't much transparency last week at the RSA's monthly meeting. The public agenda noted the RSA would go into a closed session during the meeting. During the public part of the meeting, News 4 cameras captured a different agenda that was given to commissioners. The agenda showed that during the closed session, the RSA would discuss, quote, settlement funds update. After the meeting, News 4 tried to ask the executive director of the RSA, Brian McMurtry, about the money. Quote, We can't say anything. It's obviously a confidential agreement, so there's nothing new to report, he said. When News 4 asked McMurtry if he thought taxpayers had a right to know, McMurtry did not answer and walked away. (laughs) Give me another water bottle. (laughs) Thank you. Are you going to toss it to me? I'm going to throw the damn thing right now. That was a little little. out of the zone. That was nice. Yeah, but my teeth were clenched. There's anger now. (laughs) Uh, News 4 has been trying to get more information about the settlement and reached out to all three entities involved. Both the county and RSA responded that the settlement is a legal action, meaning it doesn't have to be publicly discussed. And then the city, in my edit right here, right on brand, told News 4 it needs more time to look into it. Oh, man. If I had another water bottle at this point, we'd be... Uh, And then finally... Missouri Sunshine Law State settlements are not exempt from public discourse, so the whole thing about it being confidential is BS and not accurate according to the law. So there it is. I have set the table for today's presentation. We are going to talk with the reporter, uh, who has this whole story, Susan Elkori of KMOV. She is going to join us momentarily. Your thoughts are welcome, 65780. Here's the bottom line on this before we go into the conversation, and that's only a couple minutes away. This was why a number of people, when the settlement was announced, were frustrated. Number one, they wanted to see to go go to trial anyway. Mm -hmm. But secondarily, there was a fear, and in a way, a confidence that there would be some kind of clown show activity going on once the money got to St. Louis. And unfortunately, these quotes in this story do nothing to change people's minds it is absolutely bizarre a world. There's no rush on that right now. We're all really busy. <laughs> yeah, but I three putt four times. Nah, there's no rush on that. We're all just all really busy over here at the course. I don't get it. But we're going to talk it over with Susan El Corey. That's coming up next here on Balloon Party 101
1: ESPN. We are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: Welcome back to 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here on the radio show. Action Jackson is on the ones and twos and it is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line from KMOV News for investigative reporter Susan L. Corey. Susan, good morning.
0: Hey, Tim. How are you?
3: I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, especially on short notice. I was, like, emailing you at 6 in the morning, which was probably super weird, and then I had to use my brother, who's a sales guy at V to try to track down your number. We are not as creepy as our pursuit may lead that it looks like we are. I apologize.
0: I I appreciate the solid investigating there. You found me. Tracked me down. We got
3: you. And I have to tell you, when I read your story, I couldn't believe what I was reading. This is something else, and so I wanted you, who who has the story, and people can read it on kmov.com, to provide some context because you've been you've been monitoring this story closely. At a story last week on it, and that is the status of the. Uh, $513 million net after the lawyer fees that the city of St. Louis, the county and the RSA received from Stan Crockey, and where things are with it. And there are just a couple of quotes in here that are alarming. And that's why I wanted to get some context. And the one that stands out is from County Executive Sam Page saying there's no rush on that right now. We're all really busy. That just doesn't come off in a real uh, real wholeheartedly exciting way, I think, for voters who are a little concerned about what's going to happen with that money.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a really large chunk of change here, $513 million. And, you know, when Sam Page said that, he did follow up saying, you know, right now we're focusing on the American Rescue Plan money with COVID. Um, but again, the settlement money, that's been in the counties and cities and the RSA's bank account for months now. And we haven't had any clarity on what's going on with the money. How is it going to be divided? And that's all taxpayer dollars and kind of begs the question of, well, do taxpayers have the right to know what's going on with their money?
3: And that's where you followed up with uh, St. Louis County Councilman Tim Fitch to get his perspective on it. And he has talked about how uh, he has received a number of emails and phone calls from voters, just like we get here on the radio station, with people asking what the status of the money and where it's going to, and he can't really provide answers. And so it sounds like there is a sense of frustration uh, amongst the council uh, with regards to Tim Fitch's comments in your story.
0: Yeah, and we've t- actually talked to several county council members. We've also talked to the city board of aldermen, and we keep hearing the same thing, that they haven't been included in these conversations. They've requested them. Um, Tim Fitch actually told us, that he said, hey, if you can't talk about it publicly, will you at least apprise the board of what's going on, do it in a closed session? And he told me he ha- he's had no success getting anything done. And those are elected leaders who you'd think would be looped in on the conversation.
3: So that's the thing that I'm kind of curious about, and I, I, I'm, I'm asking either for somebody who has provided information to you to, to give perspective as to why this is private, or if you just have an informed opinion as to why this is being described, Susan, as private.
0: I can only say what we've been told. So we've requested this information, and we've been told that it can't be disclosed to us because it's part of a legal action, which would mean it's exempt from public disclosure. And one of the things we keep going back to is, hey, the legal action is over. The case is closed. This is now a settlement, and settlements are open to public disclosure. So when you're talking about splitting the money, that should be done publicly based on Missouri state laws.
3: That's correct, and, and that's the final line in your story, and, and we're both uh, journalism school students, so we are aware of Sunshine Law, and Missouri Sunshine Law state settlements are not exempt from public disclosure, and that is seemingly being used as one of the reasons to justify the confidentiality of the state of the settlement.
0: Yeah, and that's what we just keep hearing every time we ask for information is that it's part of a legal matter and they can't release more information. And that's why we, we've continued to push and say, hey, well, we're hearing from people who want to know what's going on. We're trying to get this information, and we keep hitting this roadblock.
3: Susan Cory of KMOV with us here. She is with News 4 Investigates, and you can read the story on KMOV.com. I will uh, tweet it out. For those of you who had a chance to read it, it is, it is really something else in major recommended reading. Uh, furthermore, Susan, you go to the RSA's monthly meeting last week and to give people the background, the public agenda, uh, said that they would go into a closed session during the meeting, and then during the public part, uh, you had your cameras there with CAMOV, and you saw a different agenda that was given to the commissioners, and that agenda said that during the closed session, the RSA would discuss the, quote, settlement funds update. And then you tried to get uh, a quote from the director of the RSA, Brian McMurtry, and he said he couldn't say anything. And then you asked if he thought the taxpayers had a right to know and then you say he didn't answer and then walked away. Could you give me context yeah. into that exchange? Because that strikes me as something that would be like a political satire.
0: Well, it had started off, you know, I asked, hey, can you give us a status update on what's going on with the Ram Settlement? His response was that it was confidential. So I followed up and said, well, do you think taxpayers have a right to know? Uh, thinking, you know, this is public funding and this is the concerns that have been brought to us. And that's when he almost started to answer. He said something like that and then just walked away.
3: My goodness. So do you have any idea what the next step on this is, if there is any timeline whatsoever for the people, of course, many sports fans listening to this? But even if you're not a sports fan, you had no interest in the Rams, the region received $513 million. That is of great importance to people. And people are right now in the dark. Do you have any idea what the next move on this is?
0: That's a question that we have asked repeatedly, hey, can you even give us a ballpark timeline of when do you think a decision will be made? When can you release this information? And no one has been able to give us even a ballpark time frame. And like we heard yesterday from Dr. Sam Page is that there isn't a rush on this and they're focused on other funding.
3: So when you asked for the county and RSA's comment, uh, they said it's a legal action, so they can't publicly discuss it. And the city told you they needed time to look into it. Uh, is that a request for actual documents or is that just a request for quotes that they needed time to look into?
0: Not a request for documents around this. So anything that we could get discussing this um, or anything that would have more information on the settlement and what's happening with the money.
3: Uh, This is a story that uh, I think deserves a great deal of attention. I am glad you are on top of it because this didn't just end in November or in December when the money was wired. Now, the next biggest step is to find out what goes on with the money. And unfortunately, when the settlement was made, I think a healthy percentage of people said, oh, the government's just going to mess it up anyway, and your story just presents another chapter in a book of skepticism from a lot of people in the St. Louis public. And I think that that is why uh, this story has a great deal of interest. And if people aren't aware of it, uh, it's one that they should be aware of it. So thank you for covering it and continuing to stick to it, even though clearly it's becoming a labyrinth to try to get answers.
0: It's definitely been a challenge, but we just keep hearing from people who want that transparency and are saying, hey, that's, that's the money that belongs to St. Louis. We want to know What's going on? Where is the transparency in this?
3: Susan Cory, News 4 Investigates. She is with KMOV-TV. You can read the story at KMOV.com. Susan, we will keep in touch and look forward to talking to you again soon as you continue to work on this story. Thank you so much for the time this morning on short notice.
0: Yes, thank you.
3: Appreciate it. There she is. Susan Elkori of KMOV with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. So, from my standpoint on this whole thing, Jackson, I understood the reason for the settlement. I didn't necessarily like it, but I understood it, because I never really thought deep down it was going to go to trial, right. um, and also from talking to people that I would describe, not necessarily as in involved, because those people, for the most part, were not talking, but from people who were certainly close to the situation that to get 700 plus million, nearly $800 million was in the whole scheme of things, a windfall. To get a lot, to know that you are getting after the attorney's fees, 500 plus million dollars wired to the region before the end of 2021. That was a win. Even though I would have preferred a trial, I would have preferred an expansion team, I didn't expect either one of those. So since my expectations were lower, I didn't have the disappointment that I know a lot of people did in November when the settlement was announced. But something that a lot of people, even if they were for the settlement or against the settlement, shared was, well, even though St. Louis and the region is getting this money, I am skeptical as to how the money will be spent. And so here now, as Susan is documenting with her reporting, we're four months into it. And not only has it not been spent, which I think is reasonable. If anything, I think that might be uh, a sharp move to not just rush to spend it. But the fact that you can't get answers and people are being cryptic or walking away or saying things like we're too busy, that only adds to the cynicism. And so I am grateful that she is staying on it because I think for a lot of people, and understandably so, Once the settlement was announced, it's like, okay, the story's over. Right. But the story is actually continuing until we find out how that money is spent. It's half a billion dollars. That is a huge amount of money that is just a windfall for the region.
2: Right, and the city that needs it, you know. So it's definitely something of importance, and taxpayers deserve to know where
3: this money is going to go. So uh, thank you to Susan for joining us on short notice. I read that story this morning. It broadcast on KMOV last night, and she is clearly on it. I mean, what went on in the RSA, they changed the public agenda Uh, for what was really going on in the private agenda and then she asked about it and then she was told it was confidential but sunshine law states that it is not confidential uh it's just it's bizarre and here's the other thing by the way because there is a there is truth it's not it's not made up uh sam page the county executive they are dealing with how to handle the american rescue plan funding they have to decide how to spend it or else they're gonna lose i get that that's that's accurate but if you are in this position as county executive, or if you are the mayor, or if you are the head of the RSA, and a reporter asks you about something that you are aware of, you, you know this isn't something you're getting caught off guard by, that there is a great deal of public interest in, as to what is the status of the $513 million, and you were approached by a reporter with the CBS affiliate in St. Louis as to where things are, the, the response of there's no rush on that right now, we're all really busy, it just doesn't Play. It doesn't play. If you don't have an answer, and he does not have an answer, the answer to the question is something along the lines of we understand that people are happy about all this money coming into the St. Louis region, or we understand that people wanted to see this go to trial, but for the St. Louis region to have an influx of $513 million is so significant for what we can do with it. And because we are tending to other matters with regards to the American Rescue Plan, we will be keeping the public updated on it. That money has gone nowhere, and we are going to work with the taxpayers to make sure that that money is put to good use in the region, and there will be full transparency every step of the way. Saying we're all really busy just only lends itself to we don't trust, and that's the problem with the whole thing. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780, I'm sure we'll carry the discussion over with some of the response to the interview. Uh, I will tweet out the link to the story on KMOV.com. Thank you to Susan El-Corey for joining us here on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes from Jupiter, Florida. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. This is 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions like... Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost... You lost. Yes. Oh. Or. What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? Was that? And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match with you and I? Right. Yeah, that's a clarifying question, bro. Now it's time for. So, what's your grandma
3: think? Yeah. What do we got today? We got Dan McLaughlin in like ten minutes from Jupiter. We just had Susan El Cori on talking about the status. Of that money from uh, Stan Crocky to the city, county, and RSA, but we are weaving in. So, what'd your grandma think early? Because Dan's on here at ten forty-five. Yep, yep. So this is a treat for the listeners who may not normally get a chance to hear your wonderful production. That is. So, what'd your grandma think?
2: Right. So I want to give a little background to the audience before we do. So, what'd your grandma think today? I scoured. This the is a- from the ABA. No, no, that would be good. I'd love to get some ABA. Sound. Marvin Barnes joins us. Yeah. Um, I scour the internet every morning looking for just a one athlete to kind of get a little angry at a reporter, just dig into them. And I try every day, and some days they're just not there. Sometimes you look and they're just not there, which is why I'm considering getting a plant, but we'll get into oh, that. Is
3: that right? You're going to plant people to cause problems in wouldn't, locker rooms. Wouldn't be
2: the worst idea I've ever had, but, uh, but sometimes you can't find them. So you know what you do? You dig into the, the archives of the internet and you find quality material. So if it's not going to be timely, it better be quality. Mm. And I think I have one here today. Mm. This is Swedish soccer player. God almighty.
3: You like that long intro for this? Well, all it was was clearly a disclaimer for something that's not very good.
2: Swedish soccer player who played at the time for Paris Saint-Germain, which is a club out in France.
3: (laughs) As if the audience wasn't aware.
2: Right. So this is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, kind of who's known for getting that reporter. So I think it's pretty good.
1: A lot of people speak about your relationship with uh, Edinson in the beginning of the, the so A lot
2: of people or you?
1: A lot of press people. Yeah. A What's
2: lot of it? people or you?
1: I, 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 I speak Good. about your relationship, What is the, the real relationship between you and me. Uh,
2: but you seem to know better than me.
1: No, no, I don't know. I'm not but
2: you're know. writing about it, not me. I,
1: I'm waiting for you. I, um, I'd like to know. What but you still, say.
2: you're talking about it. So how do you know?
1: Uh, how do you know? You know that we a lot of goals since we arriving, but sometimes in the game you shouldn't uh, have some pass some better relationship even the
2: coach say that and you know better football than me no so why are you talking
1: i ask you do I, do, I do my job are you a
2: journalist or a camera guy i am okay? so why are you holding the camera you <laughs> should have a camera because guy, because no?
1: my because my boss wants you to meet you to so meet he's low budget <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, it came around at the end. No, well, I'll tell <laughs> you,
3: you did deliver at the end.
2: It came around at he said, "So it's low budget." <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, it was just—it was starting to. I was starting to like, oh yeah, I remember the first few years of my career. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, the one-man band era, which is now back in yeah. local TV oh, yeah. news. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you know, I was ready to kill you for the whole thing. I was ready, and then he went after him on being the cameraman, and so it's low budget. And I have to tell you. The, the three-minute setup you gave us.
2: Yeah, I think it was worth I think it the, paid the, off.
3: The the 90 seconds of inaudible, broken English about a soccer game from 1983. <laughs> I was thinking, man, this is going to be rough for Jackson in the text line. But, you know, it's, he just keeps doing it, I guess. I yeah, guess I he's around. swerving into being the heel. And then right at the end, we got the payoff.
2: Yeah, it's, it, right the at thing.
3: the end, we got the payoff. Absolutely. I think, I think the setup was uh, was kind of like the Dennis Gates press conference, a lot of words, <laughs> lot not of words. necessarily uh, all of them necessary. I think the way to set that up would have been, yes, you will have a tough time understanding these two gentlemen, but just stick around for the ending.
2: Right, right. Yeah, he was talking about his relationship with another teammate, and he's like, well, you don't know. You know football better than me. And then, unfortunately, he uh, noticed that the guy ant- asking the questions was also videotaping
3: that cuts to the core, too, by the way. Right.
2: It really holds a mirror. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: I remember, like, I was two months into my first job in Little Rock, and I went up to Fayetteville and just walked into Nolan Richardson's practice with Arkansas. It's was like, well, of course, he's going to be happy to see me. And I set up shop, one man banding it, which means I'm the cameraman and the reporter. I mean, I was obviously crushing it. And he walks over like... Who in the <laughs> hell is this guy who has just set up a camera in his shooting video of our practice? You know, oh, like, is this a spy? That's why Mike Martz had things built out at Rams Park, because he was convinced there were spies in the hotels across the street. And <laughs> so here I am bugs. setting up shot at Bub, Bud Walton Arena and Nolan Richardson. I think if I would have been like ten years older, I think he would have just started screaming at me. Right. But since I, you know, was twenty-two and I looked like I was ten, <laughs> I think he's like, Okay, clearly this is clearly there's something wrong with this young man I'm right. gonna help him.
2: Right. You had a lot of stones young in your career. You're asking Barry Bonds for sit-down. I did you're Bobby Knight and you
3: It was the lack of self-awareness <laughs> that I still carry on twenty-two <laughs> years later that was so important into running into Bobby or Barry Bonds, Bobby Knight, <laughs> Nolan Richardson. Norm Stewart right. scaring the hell out of me. Yeah, Quinn. I mean, yeah. Quinn, <laughs> Quinn and I were more peers. I felt like right. at the time, although with the benefit of hindsight, clearly he didn't view me <laughs> that way. <laughs>
2: No, man. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have confidence. That's the only way you can do it. Otherwise, you know, once you, if you gain that self awareness, then it's you start really questioning yeah, what you're doing with your life. Yeah,
3: the moment you get self awareness, you get out of this business. Uh, I actually didn't hate. So, what would your grandma think today? Mediocre job today, Jackson. Well done. That's from the six one eight. There you go.
2: You know that's so progress. Right. That might sound like an, like a criticism, but no. to me, that was like a, I just raised the trophy. Yeah, that Cut was down that the was nets. the moment.
3: I think that might be from one of your biggest critics. I think. And I know you're not. But your approval rating in the six one eight is like at fourteen percent. Yeah. So to get a win over in the six one eight is is big for but you. But it's going up. It, it's tra- you're tracking right. Tim to Jackson for today. So what'd your grandma think? Just when I think you couldn't be any dumber, you totally redeem yourself. That's from the three one four. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed it yeah. because as, as somebody who worked in local television, that is like that's like the greatest way to insult somebody working in local television. Right. Is to. Right. Oh, I see you're you you do not have a cameraman. Where's your cameraman? Oh, you're just setting him up. And if I were the get report, I'd be like, oh no, I know it's coming now. <laughs> yep. He yep. is gonna come over the top with the stone cold stunner. And then wait till they find out that you got to go back and edit the thing yep. too. Yep. Yep. And then find out what your salary is. <laughs> and it's like the triple threat. All right, Dan McLaughlin is going to join us from Jupiter, Florida. We'll talk some Cardinal Baseball with him. That is coming up next. You are listening to Tim and Boy on one oh one ESPN.
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here. And it is our pleasure to go right to the Brown and and celebrity line and talk it over with the great Dan McLaughlin. Good morning, Dan.
4: Well, good morning, fellas. How are you?
3: Well, you're in you're in jupe town and I'm jealous and that's not good normally you
4: are down here for an extended vacation that Whoa!
3: You work well, honestly, I drop out of work. that, Jackson. That's an unfortunate comment, and and we're gonna have to drop out of that just for FCC precautionary reasons.
4: Well, it's very true, though. It
3: is. It is it's a hundred percent accurate. It, it, it is absolutely dead on. Is, but
4: now that you have a real job, you got to stay back in the studio.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm moving on up to HD two, and then they let me come in here for an hour, and then they're like, "Get out!" and they fumigate the place. That's the way that it kind Understood. of. A, that's the way it kind of works. Uh, Cardinal. And uh attitude uh today. And uh th- th- I, 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 Tomorrow, I'm only, actually. Tomorrow, I apologize. Off today, then taking on tomorrow. I'm curious here. There are a few names that are kind of popping that I don't think people are necessarily thinking were going to be popping when this whole thing started. Uh one of them is one that we're familiar with from last year, and that's Lars Newbar, and then the other one is uh, Brennan Donovan. What are you uh, seeing? What are you hearing with regard to their plays so far in the early going, sir?
0: Well,
4: it's been really good, and I've been down here since earlier in the week, and they have not disappointed. And the one thing with Donovan that they've done is they're, they're moving him all over the field. So he's primarily an infielder that can play all infield spots, but they're giving him, giving him a chance to play the outfield, too. And I, I kind of think if you watched what San Francisco did last year with their interchangeable parts in their lineup, Um, you may see some of that with Ali Barmol, and that's where a guy like Brendan Donovan becomes extremely valuable because he can go and play any position. Now with the DH in play, that does change things a little bit when you talk about double switches and what you may want to do. However, his flexibility may allow him to to get on the team. Um, We're going to see the rosters expanded, guys, to to 28, so that Mm -hmm. would – you know, enable his chances to be on this team probably uh, a little bit better than than if it was just at 26. However, my guess is, is, and this is just a guess at this point, if you're going to expand the rosters um, early in the season, you're doing that to protect your pitching. So I'm not sure it would necessarily affect your position players, but your pitching, it will. And, you know, there's a potential that you could carry, let's say, 15 pitchers. And if you have 15 pitchers, you I don't care if it's the beginning of the season you you should be protected there should be some guys that can give you length um whether it's out of the bullpen or or in the rotation so there's some guys that have opened up eyes in that regard too and it's been it's been fun to watch so I think that's you know Tim this is the crazy thing it's I think 2 weeks from today it's opening day
3: Yeah it is man
4: So you know we're not that far away from figuring out what this roster is going to look like
3: Uh, Matthew, Libertor pitched uh, to some minor leaguers and, uh, of course, not necessarily surprising, looked good. What are you hearing with regards to what the plans are for him, both short and long term?
4: You know, it's a good question because the number 5 is unsettled. Now, one of the things that you may want to do is have a de facto number 6, if you will, and he would be in that conversation for 5 or 6. I think Verhagen is is certainly in that. Jake Woodford is in that. Libertor would be in that as well. Um, so do you, the, the question would be is do, if you carry him, um, do you piggyback him maybe at times with a guy, which you certainly could do. Um, that's something maybe you think about when you carry these extra pitchers is that you would carry maybe some starters that could be your one or two down in Memphis and say, look, you're going to be in the major league bullpen. We only anticipate miles. Michaelis giving us three or four the first time out or five innings or whatever the case may be or whoever you want to pick, you know, Adam Wayne, I don't care who it is, but you're going to piggyback that guy. So that's something to think about as we move forward. I haven't heard that from them. Uh, You know, they've been, you know, basically saying, Hey, let's let this thing play out. Then we'll make some decisions. But that would be something to keep in mind, not just for the Cardinals, but really across the board for all of major league baseball. And there's a, there's a couple of guys. I don't know if you're watching the game the other day, but Andre Palante was really good. And he's a guy I've talked about uh, a lot. A minor league kid that, that is going to, we're going to see him at some point this year. And another one is Jake Walsh, who was really good, had a bumpy outing his last time out, but you know, guys are raving about him. Uh, down here. So those are a couple of names to keep an eye on as we uh, move forward in this camp.
3: Dan McLaughlin with us live from Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals with the day off today. They'll take on the Nationals tomorrow. And of course, you can hear and see Dan's call of the game on Bally Sports Midwest. A couple of stories that certainly have gotten attention here over the last few days. Uh, Tyler O'Neill and Jack Flaherty. Let's start with Flaherty and his situation. Um, I'm sure you've had a chance to talk with him and the Cardinals about uh, where he is, how he's feeling. Um, what is your understanding of where things stand with Jack Flaherty at this moment, Dan?
4: I, I have not spoken to Jack. Uh, he's one of the guys I have not spoken to. Um, I can tell you this, though, he, he's been shut down. So, like, even during PFP the other day before the game, um, where every pitcher's out there, it's pitchers fielding practice. They throw one in Yachty's back there. He catches it. They hit a fungo to the pitcher and then they work on situations on, you know, base runners and running guys back or going to cover the bag. He didn't even participate in that. So he's not even picking up a baseball, which tells me they're, they're ultra, ultra cautious with what they're going to do with him. Obviously, we've seen what's been said in, you know, the media between the two. And I think now that the arbitration case is settled, it's just, you know, go back to business as usual and try to get him on the field. Same thing for Alex Reyes. Haven't seen him. Um, you know, the, the, the timetable with him is probably pushed off even further than Jack. So that's something that uh, we got to keep in mind as we move forward is that at some point you hope to get those guys back this year.
3: And with Tyler O'Neill, uh he uh, went to arbitration with the Cardinals, um, and, and some of the stories are maybe the Cardinals should look at signing him long-term. I understand you don't necessarily go crazy with a long-term deal. I, I don't know if you can be critical of the Cardinals going long-term with Paul DeYoung and then also at the same time say, well, no, you got to lock up Tyler O'Neill to a long-term deal. It's the same principle of buying in too early. O'Neal said he was a little surprised by the Cardinals' approach. What are your thoughts on on O'Neal and, and the Cardinals' uh, status with him?
4: You know, if we had a normal spring training, um, I think we may be talking about an extension for him mm-hmm. or maybe even Bader, uh, maybe even a Tommy Edmond. You know, those are the kind of guys that typically, historically, under Mo, that they look at and say, okay, let's extend this guy. And I mean, I'm going all the way back to Alan Craig and Matt Carpenter and Colton Long and some of the others that they developed through the system, Carlos Martinez and Paul DeYoung, and the list goes on and on where you get um, a situation where they kind of target a guy or two and approach them before arbitration, and you've got all spring training to kind of sit down, map it out. They, they, you know, the, the camp is here. I mean, everybody's here, and they can work that thing out. Now, one of the things I think that has happened because of the lockout is there's been a rush to just get the team ready, And get the team that you want on the field, you know, signing Verhagen, which was something they worked on before uh, the lockout happened, but then going out and getting Corey Dickerson. I mean, these are things that at times can be complicated where it takes time to get with the agent agent is weighing the offers of other teams. If you're a free agent and then, it's just kind of a, a, a you know going back and forth where you, you you work on that. Okay, now what's the next thing I got to take off my plate? Okay, it's this. We got to work on these arbitrage. Okay, now what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. And you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It's not just as easy as saying, "Hey, let's go get Tyler O'Neill. Let's call his agent, and uh, yeah, let's go five years, sixty million. Okay, sound good? Yep, great. Draw it up. Let's go. Now it, it doesn't happen like that. So I do think the shortened spring training is probably um precluded them from doing some of the business that they'd want to do but i wouldn't count it out before this thing is done that when we go north that maybe somebody is is getting an extension um and trying to take care of that because if you sit in mo seat man you're you're obviously working for today but boy you're working for next year and what is the trade deadline going to look like what are the trends right now in baseball what are we going to do with the 28 man roster i mean those are things that you got to get done now. And it's not to say that you can't get an extension done in the first month or two of the regular season. So I I just don't know if the sense of urgency is there. And it's not by, you know, hey, we're just trying to do this to see if the guy would get injured or whatever. No, it's not that. It's just I think there's other things on their plate, and it's been a a race to, to get the season going that a lot of fans, and me included, haven't looked at in talking with some of the front office guys that they're working on. It takes a lot of time sometimes to get these things done.
3: Final question for you, and this is regards to a picture you tweeted out uh, two days ago, and it's uh, the last time I had this view. sports dog uh, No, but I, I, if we had more time, I would talk about uh, your dog, uh, Doug. Dog, the, yes, Doug the dog, Doug. Doug the D- dog. National D-
4: Puppy Day. That's but, right. <laughs> yes, I, sorry about that.
3: No, I, I, like I said, if we just had a couple more minutes, we would talk <laughs> about the, the puppy pick. But it was a picture from your view at the, at the press box at Roger Dean Stadium and to summarize it was the first time that you had had that view in a couple of years and to think how you probably just like when i'd be down there you took it for granted that we had that and how much appreciation you had to be able to bring a cardinal telecast on site to the fans and everything that had taken place over the last seven eight hundred days
4: it's crazy tim um it was surreal walking in the booth because the last time i was in there was with ricky and keel and the, to, to set the stage, and I don't know how much time we got, but the, that day of March 12th of 2020, we literally were the, the last game of professional That's right. in the yeah. world, yep, in the world. So basketball had shut down. Rudy Gobert had happened in the NBA. We saw what happened at Oklahoma City. Uh, these postseason tournaments of uh, college basketball were, were shutting down. I remember walking – uh into the they have a little food area right there and i was going to grab a sandwich and they usually have the postseason tournaments on and i'm watching like the acc tournament the commissioner in the middle of a a crowd you know saying sorry ladies and gentlemen the the tournament is over and i'm thinking this is like uh this this is just bizarre world
3: it's a surreal day i remember that day to surreal day man
4: yeah and the the thing that happened at the ballpark was that no one was walking out onto the field. So normally it's spring training. You'll see guys trickle out of the clubhouse and they come down from the right field line and they'll stretch or play catch. And then that day starting pitcher, they all watch him warm up and there's a big crowd around him and people are filing into the ballpark. And that day people were there, but yet the, the team didn't come out until I just remember like Matt Carpenter, I think with like 10 minutes before the first pitch, was like the first guy I saw and no one was getting loose. And then we're playing the game and we're hearing about stuff during the game and during breaks of shutting down. And I had Hank, I said, man, call, call Boris's crew and what, ask him what they're hearing. Cause he's still tied in with Scott Boris mm-hmm. and obviously Scott represents so many guys. And, they're like, yeah, man. We're hearing that the games in Arizona will be canceled, and they may pull you guys off the field at some point. Wow. So we were, yeah. They were just like, you know, and the the game was like a game that you would see in the very end of spring training, where guys are just taking hacks at pitches above their head because they don't care and they just want to get on the plane and go home to the the home cities and the ballparks that they're going to start the season in. So it was just surreal. And walking out of that, um, walking out of that booth, I thought. And I told Ank, I said, "Man, we're we're not gonna play for a long time." He's like, "No, nah, no, nah, we'll we'll get back." I said, "We ain't playing for a long time." And sure enough, that's the first, if you want to call it a road game, I've done since um, 2020 because we did not travel wow. on the road. It yeah, did, yeah, it didn't come down to Jupiter, so. It was pretty cool to be back, and it's it's awesome to be back, I can tell you that.
3: That's great perspective. That's great perspective. Thank you for uh, for telling that story. Really good perspective. Dan McLaughlin with us here. Uh, always good to talk it over, man. Thank you so much for the time, and uh, we'll look forward to talking again next week, Dan. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. There's Dan McLaughlin. Thanks, Dan. Time for us to go. BK and Ferrario up next. Don't forget, Blues and Flyers tonight, pregame at 6 p.m. Jackson will not be watching, though this has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN